0: Topic 19, Third paper of twentieth-century Negro literature. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Mary Patterson. Twentieth-century Negro literature. Topic nineteen, third paper. The Negro as a laborer by miss lena tyrrell jackson m a lena tyrrell jackson was born december twenty fifth eighteen sixty five in gallatin sumner county tennessee her father died in her early childhood hence the responsibility of her support and education fell upon her mother this mother determined to give her daughter the advantage of a good education accordingly at the age of seven years the daughter was placed in a private school and remained there until the autumn of eighteen seventy six when having finished the course of study in the private school she was entered as a pupil in the bellevue city school and remained there three consecutive years she completed the course of study in the nashville city schools in june eighteen seventy nine In September 1879, she entered the middle preparatory class of Fisk University and remained at Fisk six years, graduating from the collegiate department in 1885. During the six years spent at Fisk, she taught school during the summer months in the rural districts and with the money thus earned helped to support her mother and maintained herself in school she also assisted her mother in her family work after school hours after graduation in eighteen eighty five she was elected as a teacher in the nashville public schools having resigned two similar positions the one at birmingham alabama and the other at chattanooga tennessee to accept the nashville appointment in eighteen ninety four she was assigned to the junior grade in the colored high school and two years later to the chair of latin in the high school which position she is still filling following out the principles of economy that are so thoroughly inculcated in the minds of Fisk students her first thought after completing her course of study was turned towards the acquisition of real estate and the purchase of a home for her mother who through so many struggles and sacrifices had made it possible for her to obtain a college education her hopes in this direction had been realized to some extent and she had secured not only a home but considerable other real estate the wide scope of this subject and the limited time given for research together with the absence of statistics make it impossible at this time to present more than a brief sketch i propose to continue my research and investigation at some later date to present the subject in a very much enlarged form giving the condition of the negro as a laborer in all the leading cities of the united states in the present sketch mention will be made of only a few cities the southern cities with their stately residences and business houses that were constructed in antebellum days bear emphatic testimony to the skill of the negro in the mechanic arts all of the labor of the south at the time was done almost exclusively by the negro plantation owners trained their own blacksmiths wheelwrights painters and carpenters the Negro was seen as a foreman on many southern plantations during antebellum days. Education has greatly improved his ability to labor, and today, in every vocation, he is found as a laborer, competing successfully with other laborers. Notwithstanding the fact that prejudice and labor organizations are arrayed against him, the character of his work is such, and his disposition as a laborer such, that his services will always be in great demand negro laborers are given employment on large buildings alongside of white laborers and generally give entire satisfaction in the city of nashville tennessee during the present year in the construction of the polk flats two negro laborers were employed with a number of white laborers a strong pressure was brought to bear upon the foreman to displace the two negro laborers and fill their places with white men the request was promptly denied this is conclusive proof that had the character of the negro's work not been eminently satisfactory the reverse would have been the result the negro is found in all occupations that are characteristic of a progressive people namely barbers blacksmiths brick and stone masons carpenters coachmen domestic servants firemen farm laborers mail carriers merchants grocers millers shoemakers and repairers waiters nurses seamstresses housewives washerwomen and milliners trades and industries as stone and brick masons the wages range from two to three dollars per day huntsville alabama has a brickyard that is owned and controlled by negroes this firm secures the contract for a large number of houses in huntsville and the adjoining towns there is a town in the northern part of virginia in which the entire brick-making business is in the hands of a colored man a freedman who bought his own and his family's freedom purchased his master's estate and eventually hired his master to work for him He owns a thousand acres or more of land and considerable town property. In his brickyard, he hires about 15 hands, mostly boys from 16 to 20 years of age, and runs five or six months a year, making from 200,000 to 300,000 brick. Probably over one half the brick houses of the place are built of brick made in his establishment and he has repeatedly driven white competitors out of business as firemen, the negro has shown himself courageous and faithful to his trust during a great fire in nashville Tennessee, a few years ago it was conceded by all that the progress of a disastrous fire was checked and much valuable property saved by the heroic efforts of the colored fire company unfortunately however the captain of the company and two of his comrades were sacrificed in all the large cities colored fire companies are to be found in every case they are making a good record In some sections of texas and mississippi negro plantation owners are often found Just after the close of the war, the highest ambition of the Negro was the ministry. But there has been a remarkable change in that direction, and Negroes are now found in all the professions. The Negro physician has made an inviolable record. One of the leading surgeons in the West is a colored physician. He is the founder of a large hospital in a western town and is also surgeon-in-chief of one of the largest hospitals in the country the negro has also gained some distinction at the bar a large number of negroes are teachers and an increasing number of these are young women clerical work negroes are given employment as clerks in the government service at washington d c there is a large number of railway mail clerks with salaries ranging from one thousand to fifteen hundred dollars a year nashville tennessee has three male clerks who have held their respective routes for more than 10 years common laborers this class includes porters janitors teamsters laborers and foundries and factories the usual wages paid for this class of work is one dollar a day the barbering and restaurant businesses toward which the negro naturally turned just after emancipation for which their training as home servants seemed especially to fit them are not so largely followed now owing to the fact that the best talent of the race have entered the professions yet however in some places the negro restaurant keeper does a thriving business in chicago illinois there were two fine up-to-date restaurants which did a good business one of these employed white help exclusively the negro blacksmiths and wheelwrights do a good business sometimes taking in from five to eight dollars a day as shoemakers and repairers and furniture repairers and silversmiths the negro is successful and is kept busy In painting. There is a colored contractor in Nashville who does business on a large scale. He is proprietor of his own shop, employs a large number of men, and secures the contract for a large number of fine dwellings. His patronage is confined mostly to white people. Nashville has a steam laundry owned and operated entirely by colored men, and it has a large white patronage. In the rural districts, most of the negroes devote themselves to farming either working on the farms of others or are themselves proprietors of farms domestic service in this field of labor both men and women are found the average wages paid the men is fifteen dollars a month and board the women receive from five to twelve dollars a month according to age and work in addition to their wages they also receive lodging cast off clothes and are trained in matters of household economy and taste at present there is a considerable dissatisfaction and discussion over the state of domestic service many negroes often look upon menial labor as degrading and only enter it from utter necessity and then as a temporary makeshift this state of affairs is annoying to employers who find an increasing number of careless and impotent young people who neglect their work and in some cases show vicious tendencies the low schedule for such work is due to two causes one is that from custom many southern families hire help from which they cannot afford to pay much another reason is that they do not consider the service rendered worth any more this may not be the open conscious thought of the better elements of such labourers but it is the unconscious tendency of the present situation which makes one species of honourable and necessary labour difficult to buy or sell without loss of self-respect on one side or the other day service a large number of single women and housewives work out regularly in families or take washing into their homes and like house servants are paid by the week or if they work by the day from thirty to fifty cents a day this absence of mothers from home not only occasions a neglect of their household duties but also of their children especially the girls aside from house servants and washerwomen many of the women are seamstresses and readily find employment in white families some do a remunerative business in their own homes the negro woman is especially successful as a trained nurse and a considerable number of the brightest and most intelligent among the young women are entering upon that calling Conclusion. The closing years of the nineteenth century indicate remarkable advancement on the part of the negro in all industrial lines, but the twentieth century will doubtless furnish opportunities which will enable him to carry these beginnings to their legitimate fruition. End of topic nineteen third paper.